0: Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. It's been a dream to be here at the local church. Uh, Me and my wife, we got here two years ago, and the moment we got here, uh, we were initially received so well, Um, and we're grateful uh, to be here to share God's Word with you guys today. And so before we get started, I do want to show a quick picture of my family. Anytime I'm on the stage, I'm like, I got to show my family off. Um, Any proud mamas and dads out there, like you go to the supermarket and you're like, I got to show my kids off to somebody. Uh, So if we can go ahead and look to the side screens. Uh, That's my wonderful wife, Maria. Can you guys make some noise for her? Married men in the house, you know, it's the women that they hold it all together. She allowed me to go to middle school camp last week. She held it down at the house, uh, and I'm grateful for her. Her name is Maria, and in the middle of us, that's Tyler J. He's five years old, uh, and then to the right is uh, Hudson James. That's our three-year-old, uh, and I'm grateful, grateful for my family. Um, when I was growing up, part of the dreamer mentality we'll get to uh, was a dream to be a dad. Anybody dreamed to be a dad in here? Nobody, couple people, all right. That was a part of my legacy. It was like, I want to be a dad. Uh, There's some dreams you have. Being a dad might not have been one of them, uh, but that was for me. So over the past two weeks, um, we got to do camp. Two weeks ago, June 20th through 24th, we took 75 high school students to summer camp. Yeah. 22 of those students said yes to Jesus. Can we make some noise for that? Last week, June 27th through the 30th, we got to take 65 middle schoolers to camp. 25 of those said yes to Jesus, amen? That's 47 students' lives that will forever be changed. Like Eric said, because of your guys' influence, whether we we're praying, you're financially giving, you were serving. 47 students saying yes to Jesus is gonna forever change our future. Right? I don't take for granted that we get to lead our next generation. Like local youth knows that we believe that they are our future. They are our future leaders, right? They are our future presidents and CEOs and businessmen and business women. They are future parents, and we believe in our next generation the fact that 47 said yes to Jesus, that's 47 families that are going to be forever changed. Amen? Amen? And now we know salvation is the greatest thing they can receive, but also at summer camp, salvation is not the only thing taking place, right? Over the past two years from the pandemic and on, students have gone through so much. And so we had students show up with anxiety and fear and addictions and worries We had students for the first time in their lives says, I felt the freedom in Christ that I've never felt in my life. I've given addictions up that I brought to camp that I didn't know I was gonna lay down in Jesus' name. I felt this joy that is unexplainable. The way that Philippians said, this peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. There's this thing that students were feeling. The Holy Spirit was moving in their lives. They had this hope that's an anchor for their soul that says, no matter what I come back to in life, have this hope, this firm foundation to stand upon that says, I can take on whatever comes my way now because I have Jesus. They were able to find friends, right? Because a part of Christianity, one of the best things is having a friend to do it with, amen? amen? To having someone to sit with, amen? To have a small group to go to, to have a friend to call and to pray for. Students were able to leave with friends when they came alone. And one of the greatest things that we saw take place was kids got to be kids again, Because our culture, and our world, and the devil is trying to take our childhood from our kids, yeah? And we saw kids, we're gonna show you a video here in a a quick second, shaving cream battles, slip and slides, kickball, cannonballs into the pool, right? Kids were just literally able to be fun, wild, reckless, and enjoy summer camp to the fullest, and got to be kids again because our, our culture is trying to steal that. So if you can't make your way to the screens really quick, we want to show you a quick clip of kind of what took place at camp. God has a plan for you, and no matter how many times you've failed, He has a plan for you. Whenever you think you're alone, Well, he's there for you and you're enough no matter how much you think you're not. Being forced to communicate with people actually shows that yes people can actually become like together you know what I mean that we can actually enjoy ourselves without the need of our phones and actually just have a good time. what God's teaching me this week at camp is to really let go of like all my issues, struggles, all the things that I may have and, and stop trying to hold on to them and kind of just give them all to Him. And that you can give Him literally anything and everything and He's gonna give you just peace and just so much freedom. Come on, make some noise for local youth. How many you guys are like, Pastor Eric, we need an adult summer camp, <laughs> right? Like I'm ready for some of that too, right? All right, go ahead and pull your phones out if you want to follow along. You can open up our, our local app. You can follow along, taking notes. ECI, welcome online, welcome. But Dreamer, why camp theme Dreamer? It comes from the American dream. When I was growing up, I heard this whole thing about the American dream, that if you worked hard enough, you can, ha- you can you get some success and prosperity. And then when I became a Christian and I got saved, I was like, wait, I can just take that same notion and say, wait, if I put Jesus first into everything, it's not about the success and the prosperity, but it's about being significant and being influential for Jesus, amen? And so we were like, what it, would it look like for us to get this God-sized dream? What would it look like for us to put Jesus first into anything and everything we do? Because our culture will tell us it's about power and money and finance and success and, and all these big things. I need a title. I need to, to be somebody, right? I need all these followers online and subscribers online. Now I'll be successful and I'll be somebody. But what would it look like if we got a dream from God to do something significant? I need you to look at your friend next to you really quick before we get started. Tell them, it was all a dream. All a dream. Now, next neighbor over there, in your best biggie voice, say, it was all a dream. Was all a dream. I was waiting for someone, it used to re-word up. Man, this is church, y'all. This is church, okay? When I was a little kid, one of the best parts about being a dreamer was I could be anything, right? You could be an astronaut going to the moon one day. You could be the president making decisions. You could be a firefighter putting out fires. And I remember one of the best things I dreamed about was playing for the Atlanta Braves. Any Atlanta Braves fans in the building, make some noise. See, if I said Yankees fans, where's the Yankees fans? See, it's just, it's not right. Atlanta Braves fans, dang. World champions, 2021. I mean, have some respect people. Bottom of the ninth, two outs. Game seven, I'm pitching on the mound. It's three, two count. Catcher calls a changeup. And what do I say? That's gonna be a no. Fastball, absolutely, right? And so I whip back, throw the ball harder than I ever threw. Strike three, crowd goes crazy. We're onto it now. We're gonna have some fun today, amen? And I win the MVP, because it's fun to dream. But I think somewhere along the line, as we went from like being young to growing up, we stopped dreaming because the real world hit us, right? And we got to high school and we were told, well, you gotta know what college you're going to and you gotta know what career you're going into and you gotta know who you're gonna marry and how many kids you're gonna have and you gotta have this house with a white picket fence around it and a pool and a golden retriever and this American dream mentality and we stopped dreaming. And I believe for some of you in this room today, it's time to start dreaming again, amen? Amen. That the real world hit us and we're like, Austin, I got bills. I got deadlines. My kids drive me crazy. I don't know what to do anymore. You want me to dream, get realistic, Austin. Do you know what I'm going through in life? We're not just talking daydreaming. We're not just when you lay your head down dreaming. We're talking a dream for God. It says, God, what are you calling me to do to make a difference in this world? It's that kind of dream that I think God's calling us to dream about today. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. First point of three, if you're taking note with us today, is this. God always has vision. God always knows what he sees. God looks at the earth, it's dark, it's without form. And in an instance, he said, let there be light, and there was light, right? There's no sports parks, there's no Disney parks, there's no Home Depots, no casinos, there's no Chick-fil-A's and Targets. <laughs> it's dark and without form, and God says, let it be, and there it was. For the moment he created light over the next five days, he would create day and night and water and animals. He'd create everything we know from vegetation to the ecosystem to gravity, the atmosphere, the solar systems. He'd create all these things. And on day six, I wanna show you something really unique that happens. Verse 26 says this, then God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, Second point you take a note is this: God's vision was to create it over the creation. God's dream for you was to build the most beautiful planet for his most beautiful people. That God creates everything we know of, and then on the sixth day before He rests, He creates you. So I want you to pause, and I want you to think about this. You were his dream. God looks at a dark and void planet, formless, nothing going on. In an instant, he creates everything we know of. And then he says, we need to create male and female in our image. And I want you guys to subdue and reign, have dominion over all the earth. You were his dream. Come on. that i think sometimes we're so focused on our creation that we forget that he created us. Anybody love the beach? Okay, South Florida. That's why you live in South Florida. Amen. Of course, Austin, awesome. we love the beach. That's why we're here. Can't wait to leave so I can go to the beach. You ever just stand at the shoreline and you like just look out and you're like it's powerful, it's beautiful, it's majestic. Anybody love the stars that we don't ever get down here, but sometimes you go to certain states and you're like, the stars are just so beautiful, right? Anybody love the mountains? Right, mountaintops are just like breathtaking. Think about that. From the beach to the stars to the mountains, you are more important to him than all of that. That you were his dream. That he created all this with you in mind. So here's what I want us to do really quick before we move on. I want you to take out your phone. If you're already following along local lap, perfect. Scroll down, I want you to turn your camera on. And you're like, all ah, right, it's getting kind of weird. What are we gonna do now? Selfies. <laughs> I want you to flip the camera around so it's on you. I want you to take 30 seconds. I want you to answer this question within yourself. What do you see? When you look at yourself, look past your facial features, don't focus on your face on the outside. I want you to focus on the inside. Who are you? Middle school camp and high school camp, we gave them a mirror and we had them looking at themselves and the things that they told us that they saw was revolutionary. The fact that 12 year olds to 18 year olds can go that deep within themselves just looking in the mirror shows you how much they're hurting. So if you're a parent in here and you sent a son or daughter to middle school or high school camp, here's what I wanna ask of you. Tonight when you get home, I want you to open up and say, hey, Austin has four phones out today and look at ourselves and lead with authenticity and say, hey, here's what I saw. Because our next generation, I'll tell you what they need the most is someone to be honest with them. Dads, I know we're like superheroes, amen? We can run through brick walls and keep going, right? Our kids believe we're like supermen, but sometimes our kids need us to be vulnerable and say, hey, I don't have it all together. Here's what's actually going on inside of me. Outwardly, I'm trying to keep it together for you and for mom, but here's inwardly what's happening within me. And then say, hey, if you wanna share what God spoke to you at camp when you looked at yourself, just open the door. And if they're ready to share, awesome, it's gonna be a beautiful moment for you guys. If they're not ready, don't pressure them. You're opening the door to say, hey, when you're ready, just know I'm here. You led in authenticity and honesty, and now you're showing them, wait, mom and dad, we don't have it all together, but like, we're still looking at Jesus, amen? We're still keeping Jesus at the focus of where we're trying to go. But for you just to be honest with your child, I promise you, will change your family dynamic. We're a product of our environment. That comes from culture, that comes from communities around us, that comes from our friends, that comes from our families. But it's also true about our planet. Right, A couple quick stats for you, don't know if you know it or not. Like our bodies are made up mostly of water Our planet's made up mostly of water, right? Our bodies, we run off a circulatory system. So does our planet. We have a respiratory system. So does our planet. We have a digestive system. So does our planet. All to do what? To sustain life. I believe we become more concerned about creation than the created. We're more concerned about the planet right now than we are of ourselves, right? That there's 60 holidays all about the earth. We're all about climate change and and save the animals and save the trees. And what about the beaches and all these things going on? And let me pause and say, I'm not saying we shouldn't care about the planet. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a healthy, vibrant place for our kids and your kids to grow up. But I'm saying if you were the dream, if God created all this in mind and says you were my dream, I chose you over creation. I chose you to subdue and reign and rule and enjoy the earth, right? I chose you, I said, multiply and fill the earth. I don't think I have to explain what that is, parents, right? Like we know what that means. That when Hebrews says the marriage bed is undefiable, we know what God's telling us to do But somewhere along the line, we chose to focus more on creation than the created. Right? Like, we wouldn't take our Starbucks cup and walk up to the beach or to a river and just throw our Starbucks cup in there, would we? You'd be like, nah, that's pollution, Austin. I'm poisoning the water. But how often do we poison ourselves? How often every day... Do we choose to deliberately poison ourselves and we're like, yeah, but like creation, we need clean air, right? We need good trees and the water's gotta be sustainable so I can drink it. But every day we're ingesting things, we're watching things, we're doing things that's deliberately poisoning ourselves. We would never do that for the planet. But what about you? If we're driving on Flamingo Road and a turtle's crossing the road, what do we do? Pull over now. We go in the far right lane or left lane, wherever you want to go, wherever you're at, right? Y'all have seen Paul Blart, Mom, the mall cop? Woo! Everybody, we stop traffic, right? We put our life on the line for a turtle. We'll go pick that turtle up. And what do turtles do when you grab them? I'll bite you. And I'm like, I'm trying to save you, bro. What are you doing? And we'll take it to the canal and we'll throw it in the canal. We'll get back in our cars. We'll take our phones out and we'll like selfie hashtag save the planet, save the turtles. (laughs) We'll go to great lengths to save a turtle. What great length will you go to save yourself today? What do you do to get healthy and to get right? to say if I was the dream and God created me and loved me and said creation was for your enjoyment, for you to sustain life, yet we're deliberately poisoning ourselves every single day and I'll go to great lengths for someone else or something else. God's asking you today, what about you? What do you need to do when you go home to get right? Because it's July 4th weekend. I know we're like, I'm going to the pool. I got the barbecue going. The chicken's already ready for the grill. We got some fireworks we're gonna do tonight. What about you? Will you put yourself first today and say, how do I need to get clean? How do I need to get right? How am I poisoning myself every single day that God's calling me to say, I need to clean this up? Third and final point, if you guys are take a note, is this, God's dream isn't over, it's just the beginning. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God's dream for you didn't stop at creation. God didn't just like create you and say, all right, you're on your own now, good luck, kick the bird out of the nest, go, fly. God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future filled with hope, Life. I think some of us in this room, we're like, I'm still in the season, Austin. We're like, I just want to live my best life. No regrets. I'm just going to do me and experience what I want to do. What lengths will you go to today to say, I need to get clean. I need to put God first. I think some of you guys who says, well, I'm cleaned and I'm good. I think you guys need to start dreaming again. Go back to eight-year-old you and say... What is God calling me to do for his kingdom? What is God calling me to do for the church? What is God calling me to do for Jesus? How did God equip me with certain giftings and talents? And say, what can I do? How can I dream these things up? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his, only, his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved every single one of you in this room that you were his dream that when he created us, if you know the story, he said, go and have fun. And then we messed the dream up, right? And it turned into a nightmare really quick. And then God came back on the scene. And he says, you know what? It's not over. This is just the beginning. I have another dream. It's you redeemed. The new dream for you is a redeemed you. Meaning I sent my son Jesus for you so that you can get clean, so that you can get right, that you can find forgiveness, that you can lay the addictions down, you can lay the worries down, you can lay the doubts down, you can find a hope that's an anchor for your soul, a confidence that God's calling you to live out in his son, Jesus. That the dream isn't over. You can't just sit here and say, oh, well, like, I'm 38 now, and so, you know, like, I got kids and work and bills and all these things. I think some of you guys need to go home and start to dream again and say... God, what are you calling me to do? What's beautiful about being a part of the local church is this was a dream, y'all. The perfect place for imperfect people. That no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you believe, you can belong here and become who God's called you to be in Jesus. That you matter to God and you matter to us. This was a dream and now we're living in the reality of it. Because someone sat back and says... God, I have a dream. Help me make it a reality. And there was hard work, right? There was a lot of dedication. There was a lot of prayers. But the dream is now a reality that you have a place to come to, to be known, to be seen, to be heard, because someone was willing to dream. Amen? What's your dream? What is God calling you to do? What's going to be your legacy? To says, "Well, I have a dream, but I thought it was unrealistic. All things are possible through Jesus Christ." Amen. Then nothing's too big, nothing's too unbelievable. Says God, "I got a vision. I have a dream. I just thought it would never happen. You might walk into your dream a year from now, five years now, from ten years from now. Maybe your dream is for our next generation." Maybe it's for your sons or your daughters to walk into. Maybe they're gonna enjoy the reality of your dream. But you gotta go home and you gotta say, God, what's my part? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the dreams that I have for you, says the Lord. I know the vision that's before you, says the Lord. But will you be determined to say, God, I'm gonna put you first. Whether it's tonight, whether it's tomorrow, I know we have a busy week ahead of us because of 4th of July and all the things that we've created with it, but make sure you take time to say, God, what are you doing in me? Take the time to talk to your son or daughter and say, hey, here's what God spoke to me in, in that mirror. What did God speak to you? Let's bring families back together. Let's inspire the next generation. Let's start to believe the unbelievable again. Let's start to be determined to get a God dream that we know our future needs. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Local Church podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching the Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode and remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.